Welcome to Simply Why, a podcast about money and purpose, where we pull back the curtain on running a financial advisory business focused on providing intentional advice to couples and families. I'm Dennis Morton. And I'm Katie Brown. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to the Simply Why podcast with Dennis Morton and Katie Brown. Katie, how are you doing? Hey, Dennis. I am fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Just for the record, we are synthetically caffeinated right now. We're, we're midday recording. And Katie just reminded me that we do our best when we record these in the morning, fresh off of our, our doses of caffeine. Not the case today, but we're going to bring it. <laughs> this is a summer vacation episode, but we're not talking about vacation. We're talking about something a little bit bigger, a little bit longer. Yes. Hey, we get to talk about your sabbatical. We do. Which you just returned from. Thrilled to have you back, but even more excited to hear the stories and the adventures and all the stuff that goes into it. Yes. Yes. We just got back last week from a five-week-long sabbatical as a family. My wife, Jean, and I, we have four kids, ages 17, 13, 9, and 7. I think that's the right numbers. (laughs) And we all took off and went to Europe for a month. And we're going to talk today about just some of the observations that we had as a team, because this was, this was a family plan, but it was also a business plan. Katie, you, you and I have been thinking about this and, and kind of contemplating it for years, right? Correct. Do you remember where we were when we came up with this idea? Do you remember the, the kind of the context for how that came about? I'm trying to, I, I don't know if I remember exactly where we were per se, but I think it was during one of our strategic planning meetings. We've talked about that before. We break away every other week and make sure we have some dedicated time to talk about the business and our big plans. And on that particular day, we were talking about our really big plans, the mm-hmm. big, hairy, audacious goal that we set for ourselves and that helps to set the direction for the growth of the firm. But Our world is so numbers driven and so much comparison is done based on numbers. Yes. How much are you managing? What is the revenue? How many families, et cetera? And all of those things are so important. But I think that that we challenge that a little bit to say it's not just the numbers. There's much more to what we do and what we're building. And that's that's where some of these ideas spun from. Yeah. I remember we put down a big, hairy, audacious goal or wrote down those figures and you and I kind of looked at each other and went, yeah, but at the time between our two families, the oldest kid was probably 12 or 13 and we had youngsters and everything else. And we're just like, in 10 years or so, the kids are going to be all but gone. We're in a different season of life and we're going to look up and say, well, the numbers really didn't matter that much. It was the experiences. Yes. And I love that we didn't just say, all right, we're going to have quality of life. We actually defined what quality of life was going to be. And we said, after five years of service at the firm, everyone's going to be eligible for a five-week sabbatical. So disappear, go spend meaningful time making memories with the people you love, come back refreshed and recharged. And we hit the five-year mark this year, and I went first. I think the journey of the last 12 months or so preparing for this has taught us a lot about our team, about what it means to walk away, uh, what it means to be intentional. I think as intentional about leaving as we are about building a business, right? Yes, absolutely. There was a, a process that we went through, really a discernment process to figure out if the number on paper wasn't motivational. And and if we, we think about how we serve clients and what we do for them, and, and much of the feedback that we give to them is your wealth is there to help support a meaningful life. 
how do we build that for ourselves as well? And how do we kind of walk that walk also? Mm-hmm. And I think going through sort of that thought exercise and then saying, okay, but if this is going to come to reality, what are all the things that we need to do? As you said, as a team, as a firm, as advisors, what are all the things that we need to do to prepare for that? And it was not just a step away and good luck. Right. <laughs> There's a lot more to it. <laughs> Imagine the outcome would have been a little different. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this was, so this was years ago that we had this idea and it was theoretical and everything else. But it didn't come naturally as we got closer. I mean, I needed a kick in the butt. I remember last fall, we had our coaching call for 2023 planning, and we're, we're laying out numbers and goals and all the, all the metrics and things that we wanted to do in the coming year. And we're talking with our coach. And Katie, I remember I, I was speaking about something that we were going to do next year. And you kind of like, kind of cleared your throat. Like, <clears throat> what about? He's like, oh, yeah. And I'm taking my sabbatical next year. Remember we talked about this years ago and our coach to his credit, Steve Sandusky, Steve said, oh, that's great. Where are you going and when are you leaving? And I went, oh, I don't, I don't know. And this is like six months out at this point. And we talked about it. Gene and I talked about it at home. You know, we're, we're preparing the team a little bit already. And he said, wait a minute, stop right there. This is one of the big rocks. This is something that's really meaningful for your family, for the business, for your team. Like, do you want to model this behavior that you're not going to prioritize this thing that you've you know set in as a policy for your company? I thought, wow, that's that's all. He said, you gave me homework. I had to go and get that on the calendar and communicate it to the team within like a week or something like that. So I had to go home to Gene and say, all right, we need to look at June or July of next year. And when can we do this? And already things start to build up with all these activities that we have. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we do retirement planning or talk to people about spending in retirement, it's almost like permission. Yes. Clients feel like they need permission to spend. Can I do this? Can I walk away? Can I do this? And I felt like I needed permission to start planning for this. I needed somebody to tell me it's okay. Make this a priority. Go do it. Because it wasn't coming naturally to me. I was letting it sit there undone. And I think that's a really good observation. I do think that clients have a similar mindset sometimes when it comes to planning for retirement, planning for a big event. It all is very theoretical until it's suddenly right in front of you. And sometimes the reaction is to say, I don't even know how to begin processing what's coming down the road. So I'm not going to right now. Mm -hmm. Really what needs to happen is that intentional work to say, all right, let's get it together. Let's put the pieces in place and really do the true planning that's required to get to that point. Because otherwise, how many times do we hear from clients? And there are a lot of different reasons why this might happen. But more often than not, clients will push out their retirement date. Like, oh, maybe in six months, Mm -hmm. maybe in six months. And you look up and they realize, all right, now I've already worked two to three years, more than I had anticipated. And often because that other side looks a little scary and a little uncertain. So to put that work up front into figuring out what that will actually feel and look like is so important. You know what actually ended up motivating me a lot in the planning process and getting off there is regret. Hmm. And one of these constructs that I like to use is is thinking about my future self. Mm -hmm. And what would my future self regret about this moment if I were to not do these things? And then you start thinking, oh my gosh, a year from now, our oldest is going off to college. And then I'm never going to have a seven-year-old again. the, The ages are getting older. My future self is going to regret not having put the thought and 
care into this that I would for anything else. Because in November of last year, I could probably go back through my little moleskin book here and find an, any number of other little rocks, smaller priorities that were occupying more space than this was. And that had to change. And it was only when I started thinking about what I would regret in not doing it that we started putting things in motion and planning for the team and, and everything else. And you are right to credit Steve for helping to kind of push that forward. And sometimes that's what we need. Sometimes we need that outside perspective to say, hey, this is what I heard you said was important. Now, let us help you make sure that stays at the top of the list. Yes. It's funny because I don't know who the phrase I've heard this multiple times, but show me your calendar and I'll show you, show you your priorities. Yes. And it was very obvious that because, and he told me, because it's not in your calendar, it's not a priority for you. And if you want to change that, that's fine. But right now it's, it's not showing up that way. But from a business planning perspective, this is in a vacuum. We're a partnership. We have a team. We have clients, everything else. I couldn't just walk away and, and disappear with the family, as you said. There was a preparation stage that, that led up to this. And as I reflect on the, on the preparation that went into it, it reminded me a lot of establishing the business. Mm -hmm. Because when we go back and we had an episode where we talked about the launching of Morton Brown, we had to think, okay, if this is going to happen on a deadline, how do we backwards plan off of that? Mm -hmm. How is it communicated? Who are all the stakeholders? You and I needed to make some handoffs. We need to communicate to the team. Our clients need to understand this. It really had a lot of similarities to when we opened the doors and said, here's this new firm and communicated effectively to make sure that nothing was left undone. Yes, there were a lot of steps. And, and you're right, there was a pretty big checklist. I mean, to, to go through and make sure that the clients where you are the primary lead advisor for, our goal is to always have multiple advisors in the firm right in for each family client relationship. But there are certain families that you have the majority of the conversation and communication with, as there are many that I have the majority of the communication with, and Cody as well. And so to go through every single client to say, okay, how are we going to best serve this client in Dennis's absence? Who is going to step forward? what's coming up in our clients' lives that will need attention while you're gone. And let's make sure that we're, we're showing up and that we're being supportive. And for you to make one-to-one -one calls with the vast majority of them, for us to step in and touch base in the meantime, and also credit to you and to Maddie, Maddie Miller here, our director of marketing for really helping to drip this idea out. Mm -hmm and to, to make it a very comfortable and familiar conversation for pretty much everybody that our firm comes in contact with. So there were no surprises for your absence. All of those things I think were things that the client and the community saw, but then there were a lot of things internally too. that We had to say, all right, how do we cover down on things that might pop up in Dennis's absence? Where do we draw the line between let's not interrupt Dennis in this breakaway time that he has versus what would be elevated to, all right, Dennis, I need to reach out to keep you right in on, on something that came up and to be very clear where those communication lines would be. You said it was a project plan. Yes. Honestly, I felt that my family felt that, that, that the team was doing a great job of, of making sure I could truly disconnect. I mean, I deleted social media all emails were being screened in the office. So I, you know, I would see things, but I didn't need to respond. You guys jumped on that. And it really comes back to, I mean, this is an important concept that you and I have talked about 
and it occurs in business and in financial plannings and couples and relationships is that oftentimes in certain areas, somebody can become indispensable, that they, they have so many things inside their head that if they were not here, then something would go wrong. In financial planning, we see it happen where somebody has a spreadsheet, they handle all the finances, they take care of all the money, and God forbid something happens to them, the other person's left in the lurch. So a lot of what we've done very intentionally over the years is to make sure we're not in that circumstance. And this was the test. This was the test. You know there are questions that we were sitting in a client meeting earlier this week and we were doing one of our live presentations and a question came up and Katie just kind of looks at me and goes, that's definitely a question for you. And, and there are things that come up. I'm like, that's a great question for Katie to answer because we have our things that we gravitate towards. And I'm already thinking towards, you know, you have your sabbatical next year and I'm already thinking ahead to like, what are those questions that I'm so grateful that I don't have to answer? How would I navigate that when Katie's disappearing and checked out for, for five weeks? Yeah. Once again, that's a really great thing to bring up because that's going to hold true for every single person in the firm. Like that that project plan, I think the overarching plan is going to look very similar, but the nuance of it is going to be very different because we all have our very own unique contributions to how this business runs and the things that we do on a daily basis. And so we'll need to be flexible to make sure that we are covering those things that normally might have been handed off to the person stepping away. I think I underappreciated or underestimated the importance of you stepping away and us continuing to run, like how important of a test that was for all of us. Obviously, thrilled that you came back. We're on the record with that. Although I do, earlier this week, you said something about, I think you might have been referring to the HVAC system here in the office, but you said something that was more comfortable without you. I, I think. <laughs> Strangely, I was, I'm always cold in the office, always cold in the office. I don't know why. And while Dennis was gone, I was not cold. I don't think I really turned my heater on at all. And he came back and all of a sudden it was chilly again. So I don't know if all that heat and energy is being sucked into your office. Anyway, tangent. How would you describe Dennis's presence in the office? Drafty. So. <laughs> That's, that's, uh, that's, that's an indispensable guy right there. Anyway, go proceed. No, but I think it's, I, I just, I think it was a, a really good test for us. And, and as we talked about just kind of debriefing some of the things, it was important for all of us in our own roles to really prioritize what needs to be elevated to Dennis. What are the decisions that can stay within our role? Who else needs to be brought in? And I think there were multiple times in your absence where we had to make those decisions to determine if something needs to be elevated or doesn't need to be elevated. And it's important for us to have, for everyone to have a good understanding of what we all do and to have cross training where we need it. But it's also really important for us to be able to say, I've got this and to run things efficiently. Yes. And, and to, to the team's credit, not only did we maintain or what we grew, mm-hmm. we had some great engagements. I think there were dozens of client meetings that occurred over that time. There were things that popped up. There were opportunities and challenges and handled them seamlessly. And it actually has me thinking differently about my role in coming back. So we're a few days since returning to the office and realizing that there are a lot of things that happened very naturally. There were tasks that might've been not the best use of my time that I can start to say, okay, we've got this. And now I can focus on the things that really are optimal for me, that I don't need to do everything. I think 
whether it's in a couple's relationship or in a business, that momentum builds. You kind of build up the things that you always do. And it's, it's been nice for me to take a break from doing all of those things and come back and say, all right, I'm only going to put these things back on the plate and see what happens. You're right. I think bringing it back to clients and households, one of the, the things that we consistently talk about is you know, there's a natural division of labor and what people do within their families. It, one spouse might be picking up ABC activities. The other spouse picks up other activities. But it's those connection points to keep each other up to speed with and you know, I'm going to talk specifically about finances, like make sure that everybody's on the same page when it comes to the big picture and the overarching plan and has a, a good general knowledge of where things are at and how they're moving and, and so forth. But it's it's sometimes tricky to get everybody together on the big picture, but still be able to divide out tasks. Mm-hmm. And I think that the sabbatical was a good test for that. And, and I do liken it to really being intentional, I think that's what it comes back to, really being intentional within your household and your family, how that division of labor happens, but also more importantly, how strong the communication is so that nobody ever feels like they're in the dark or that things are happening without their knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the the client experience of this. I had a conversation with another financial advisor at at a national firm before I left. And he asked what I was doing this summer. And I laid out the plan. He's like, whoa, how can you do that? Like, who's going to handle all your trading and the client calls and and the inbound stuff? And the more he talked about kind of the things and and peeled back the onion on how he spends his days, you realize that there's a lot of expectations that that for some people in, in our profession, the expectation is you're in reactive mode a lot. And I think that's one thing, even coming back to how we like to work with clients that we're not setting things up that everything has to be reactive. We're not placing hundreds of trades a day and moving into the, out of the market and all of those things. And he, he felt as if he could never do that because the clients would be calling in all the time expecting a reaction. And then when we communicated it to clients, the response was, was overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just completely uh, taken aback. I expected to have to explain a little bit, but that was, that was not the case. Most of the responses were just pure excitement before the words even entirely got out of our mouths, before we even started to explain our thought process and and everything else. Because you're right, if one of the managing partners is stepping away for an extended period of time, how comfortable and supportive will they feel? And the vast majority of clients were just, before the words even came out, they're like, that's amazing. That's incredible. So happy to hear it. I love that you guys plan for these types of things. Yeah. And it, it comes, we, we talked about this on another episode, just this idea that we're all kind of part of something that I never want the advisory role to be this, this wizard of Oz, who's constantly behind the curtain, cranking at the machine to make sure the illusion never, you know, no one's ever finds out what the illusion is that we're, we're real people. We're running a business. We need to be there and take care of ourselves so we can show up really well for the clients that we serve for our team, for our family and everything else. And this is part of that. I think our clients get that, hopefully, that this is what you get. This is an authentic thing. This isn't demonstrating that we're working ourselves to the bone and and burning out Mm -hmm. in the middle of our careers, that we recognize this is the important stuff. And we're going to do that and come back all the better for it. Well, and it makes a lot of sense too. With the recent study that came out, strong relationships is the number one indicator of longevity. 
and I think that played a large role in this. But then also, I think that's something that, once again, clients can relate to. And I think it's because of strong relationships with clients, strong relationships with the staff. There was a lot of trust that's been built on both sides. And everyone wants to be supportive of you deepening the relationships with your family and loved ones. And I think for anybody going through any major life change, and I would actually put this in the category of a life event. I would too, yeah. This is a Mm -hmm. pretty huge event. Anybody going through that, the stronger your relationships are with your team and you feel supported. So whether it's retirement, whether it's a vacation with an extended family, whatever the case may be, I hope that we serve and that we serve well in that position of helping clients see that they can achieve incredible things and that we're going to help support them through that process. I like that you bring up the relationship side because coming into like the return, one of the things that I missed most was relationships. There were certain things, you know, like you're, you're in a foreign place and, and my wife has always said, oh, I want, to live, I want to live abroad for a year at some point. I would need to bring my guitar or something like just showing up in a foreign place and sitting down in, a, in an Airbnb in a different country. I didn't have certain things around me, my, my guitar, for example, certain hobbies that I like, things that are part of my identity and relationships are part of that too. One of the first things I did was reach out to a couple of friends when I got back and said, let's catch up because I missed having conversations. Even when we got together for our staff meeting, it was great just having conversations about the business and things that are really meaningful in my life. As we all gravitate toward retirement and life transitions, I think it's an important thing for me to kind of reiterate in the back of my mind that this stuff matters to me as well, that, that just disconnecting is, is not enough in and of itself. There's things, there's relationships and conversations and things that are really affirming there as, as well. So it's good to be back. And that's not a bad thing either, to spend intentional time in one area and then recognize the things that that you need woven back into your life. Or or as we said before, maybe there are some priorities that should no longer be on, on your list. Yeah, definitely some of those. Dennis, before we wrap this up, I think all of our listeners and myself <laughs> would like to hear a couple of highlights, good and bad, and you have to give both sides. Okay. Um, Best memory overall. So Gina and I are coming up on our 20th wedding anniversary this year, and she arranged for a blessing of our marriage, renewal of vows when we were in Rome, which was which was really awesome. A little private ceremony uh, kind of surprised me. The kids were all there, and it was that was really nice and, and a high point for us. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and congratulations. I know your anniversary is coming up. Little, I'll, I'll congratulate you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 20 years. I and mean, this is, it's 20 years of marriage, 20 years since we moved into this community. This is kind of a, a big anniversary year for us. So it's a lot, of, a lot of things to celebrate. Some of the funniest stuff. I mean, it was hot over there. When we were in Rome, it was, it was, a, it felt like a hundred degrees. It was just sweltering and the kids were melting down. One of the funniest uh, emotional lows of everyone kind of had their trough during the course of the four weeks that we were gone. But my seven-year-old, uh, when we toured the Vatican one day, we didn't get into St. Peter's. So we, the next morning, and you have to wear like leg coverings for the ladies when you go to the Vatican. So the next morning we said, ah, we're going back to the Vatican. You have to cover up again because we have to go to St. Peter's. She melted down, just ran into her room, slammed the door and screamed at the top of her lungs, I don't want to die. I'm only in second grade and just went off on this tirade for like five minutes, just <laughs> inconsolable. And I, I thought, you know, that was the next day I had my meltdown, but it, but she was funny. It was, it was just, it was, it was a riot. Uh, 
you plan and prepare. And we talked about all the things that went right in preparation. Then there's the packing, which was kind of supervised, but we were in a hurry to get things out the door. I didn't realize until we got to Newark Airport that the two youngest girls, their entire carry-ons were filled with stuffed animals, which we were going to have to carry around with us on, the, on our fronts, backpacks on the back and, and the, your carry-ons on the front for a month. And I was, oh, I cursed those stuffed animals. <laughs> they needed their comfort from home. I mean, I, I kind of see the thought process. Yeah. Probably better than like bags of books. <laughs> that's, that's true. My oldest daughter did bring, she brought like five books and then got another one while we were there. Like, what are you, glutton for punishment? We learned the National Lampoon movies are so accurate. Like European Vacation, we need to rewatch European Vacation because it was just spot on with the stuff that was happening in our family <laughs> dynamic. And I made Gina laugh out loud on the last night. And if you've ever seen um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and just this chaotic mess of a holiday, like planning the perfect thing, which here we are planning the perfect trip. And it had its ebbs and flows and its ups and downs and everything else. And at the end of the trip, we're standing there looking out on the sunset, flying out the next day. I put my arm around Gina and I look up into the sky and I quoted Clark Griswold at the end of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That the last three words that he utters in that movie, I did it. <laughs> it's just, it just only, I didn't pick up up two years ago. It just cracks me up that this you know, mess of a horrible holiday. And he's like, I did it. And she got it immediately and just burst out laughing. And, there's an element of humor that you say it's, it's never perfect. You plan for things and you leave open spaces for it to breathe and you come back with memories and, and those memories are going to get better and, and wear well over time, but definitely an awesome experience. Can't wait for, for yours next year and, and the planning for it. Hopefully we've learned a lot about what it means to, to walk away and come back and, and make sure that we're still doing our best work. Yes. Yeah. Well, I am so thrilled with just the experience that you and your family had and looking forward to, to mine next year, but also everybody's. Everybody's is going to be different. It's going to be a little bit of a different flavor and different experience. And that's the beautiful thing. So if you have any adventures that you've shared with your family, kind of taking that unique time and, and the fast paced hustle of life and how it's impacted you, we'd love to hear your stories as we continue to share ours on, on this adventure of business ownership and financial planning and, and living life with our families. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Simply Why, a podcast about money and purpose. We hope you enjoy getting to know us, how we approach leading a financial advisory practice, and the work we do every day to help families and couples make important financial decisions. Morton Brown Family Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This podcast is designed for educational and informational purposes and not intended as investment advice. More information can be found at www.mortonbrownfw.com.